You're listening to Addicted to Success with your host and founder, Joel Brown. Be sure to check out the new movie, Rise Up. Discover what the Dalai Lama, Ariana Huffington, Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, John Mackey, CEO of Whole Foods, Joel himself, and others are saying about the secrets to the new era of success. How to achieve massive success and a radically fulfilled life in today's crazy and ever-changing world. Learn more at riseupthemovie.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Now, today we're going deep with the venture capitalist, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and the founder of the Full Cycle Energy Fund, Brahim El Hosseini. Brahim, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Oh, thanks, Joel. Good to be on. Hello, nice. everyone. It's great to have you. Great to have you. So, Brahim, uh, you've made amazing strides within your career. You know, I, I see what you, you're doing with the uh, Full Cycle Energy Fund, and you're having a lot of impact in the world. What inspired you to go down the conscious entrepreneurship route? Where did this all begin for you? It's a great question, Joel. The, I grew up um, living on a coastal city in the Middle East against the Red Sea. And the Red Sea is one of the newest, most luscious seas in the world, or at least it used to be in the 70s and 80s. So I found, my, you know, I found myself being in love with sea life and the ocean, and I spent a lot of time scuba diving. And I grew up in a time where... You know, the ocean was, I mean, the corals were vivid colors. I mean, beautiful reds and greens and blues and yellows. And you literally, it was like, it was like a Disney movie underneath the water. And later in the 90s, every time I'd go visit, it seems like the coral reefs were receding and turning browner and browner. And by the late 90s, it was gray. It was a, an, an, it was a graveyard. And I was swimming with plastic bottles and I was swimming with bags of chips and I was swimming with, I mean, filth. It was, you know, and it was just heartbreaking for somebody like myself who's seen the contrast. And right now, 80% of all, all the coral reefs in the world are dead because of what we're doing with the oceans and ocean acidification. So it crossed my mind very early on that, you know, what's the point of building wealth? In a world that has, you know, no more beauty, you know, what's the what's the point of building wealth and becoming quote unquote successful rich person if we have toxic air and toxic water and and food that makes us sick? So you know, if we're not using our wealth to solve these problems, gaining wealth in the first place is a futile exercise. We don't have another planet to go to that we can make enough money to get on a rocket, go somewhere and find another earth. So it took us, it took us, you know, from the beginning of <laughs> astronomy till now to figure out that we have nine planets in our own solar system. You know, so we have a long way to go until we find another earth. We better fix this one in a hurry. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. You know, it's interesting actually that you mentioned that about the plastic in the water. I remember seeing uh, an article the other day where they mentioned that the oceans will contain more plastic than fish by 2050. Yeah. Scary that's, stuff. You know, and, and that's because of two reasons. Number one, because we're throwing so much garbage into the ocean. It's almost, it's one truckload per minute that goes into the ocean. You know, and uh, it's also because we're overfishing the ocean to such a degree that most uh, fish, f most fish stock is going to collapse. So it's, you know, we're, 
we act like this planet has infinite resources and we can just take and take and take and take and take from it and there'll just be more. And the truth is, it's not true. Mm. You know, that's just simply not true. Yeah. There's yeah. not, you know, there's, uh, there's only so many trees, there's only so many fish, there's only so much clean water, there's only so much arable land, and we, do, we can't keep going the way we're going. And I'm not a, listen, I'm a complete optimist, and I'm working towards the solutions that I can work on in my lifetime and deliver on in my lifetime. So I am, you know, and I, I know so many incredible people who are doing the same in their respective areas, and I am 100% confident that all of them are going to succeed at everything they're doing. My own, the only thing that scares me a little bit is, do we have enough time to make all this happen? And how many people are going to join us and how much effort do we have to put in to, you know, convince the skeptics that this is an urgent matter and everybody needs to be on board. And it's a matter of survival. It's a matter of the life support system of the planet, because, you know, this is not a political belief. This is not an economic um, conversation. This has become a matter of survival. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you see right now as one of the world's biggest challenges that people could be a part of right now, early? So two things. So uh, one of the things that people all over the world can do is we can, you know, they obviously have less children. You know, every time, every, every time a human being is born on this planet, we have another mouth to feed and another energy, and another energy starved being that wants to plug in their electronics and be transported around the world and have lights and have, um, you know, all the luxuries of the modern world. So that's, um, that's one thing that we can do. This, this old notion that every family needs to have seven and eight and ten kids so they can provide for their parents one day, that one needs to end from the human story. You know, we just don't have the resources for it. Another thing we can do is we can minimize our uh, consumption of animal products because in order to make you know, in order to make a pound of meat, we need, you know, thousands of gallons of water. Obviously, if we need, in order to make a pound of lettuce, it takes, you know, <laughs> a couple of pounds of water. So the, so we can, you know, instead of growing the, the, the vegetation to feed the meat, you know, the cow, for example, or the sheep, and then wait till the sheep grows up and then eat the sheep, you know, we can spend less time eating meat and more time eating vegetables and lessen the burden on the planet through that level of, uh, of caloric consumption. And it's okay, it's okay to eat meat a couple of times a week if one insists on eating meat. It um, will really help our groundwater, it'll help our rivers, it'll help our oceans, it'll help our energy consumption. It'll make a big difference. Yeah, you know, I've been vegetarian for pretty much most of my life, ever since I was five, six years old. And I can tell you if you're listening right now and you're like, oh, vegetarian or cutting back on meat, it is possible. It absolutely is possible, especially nowadays. There's so many options on the menu that you don't need to eat meat every single day. Yeah. And listen, in America, and I'm ashamed to say this, most people eat meat two to three times a day. You know, there's bacon. Yeah, there's bacon or sausage with the eggs in the morning. There's a turkey sandwich or a hamburger for lunch, and there's a steak dinner. And, you know, yes, we're becoming a healthier country, and it's fantastic. But, you know, the, it's, we're still eating a mass amount of meat. Uh, fortunately, I read this lately that there was 400 million less animals slaughtered last year than something like five years ago because we're eating less and less meat. 
So, but we, you know, we have a long way to go, especially as developing countries like India and China and Indonesia and Malaysia all become wealthier and consider meat consumption part of the modern wealthier lifestyle. We're never going to keep up if, you know, two thirds of the planet is all going to join this, you know, burger eating fast food generation. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. Actually, that's a really good number. That is yeah, I mean, it's meaningful. All of this is meaningful. I mean, we're headed in the right direction. We just need to head together as a species, not as, you know, a, you know, uh, these siloed cultures where North America is on one trajectory, Northern Europe is on another trajectory, Africa is on another, Southeast Asia is on another. And, you know, we're still debating, you know, things amongst ourselves like, you know, the of, you know, like, I don't know, religions and borders and wars and and you know and all this nonsense and at the same time like we have a much bigger problem than whether you know sunnis and shiites should be living side by side in harmony believe me there's no there's not going to be shiites or sunnis if we don't get our act together <laughs> so <laughs> oh no oh no humans anyway, are very interesting aren't they <laughs> we're, we're very interesting if you know if, if aliens flew over this planet and took a look They'd be like, "Yeah, I don't know how much we need." We, if, 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 <laughs> it's probably if why they leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why we haven't seen them yet. They're like, you know, they're if they're so advanced that they can do, you know, space travel. They probably got here and we're like, "Yeah, these are pretty much the, you know, their evolution compared to us is like, the, you know, a worm to them." So there's not much we can <laughs> learn from these guys. So we're just gonna go on to the next planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. So, Brahim, you've had amazing success so far with your businesses. Uh, you've had a lot of impact in this world. What would you say is the formula for your success? Mm. So, the formula, um, if there is such a thing, which I acknowledge there is no such thing, and I feel like there actually is a um, a little bit of of uh, there's a there's a floating fallacy around success that it's a result of hard work mm -hmm. and you know and ingenuity hard work and ingenuity are part of it luck is part of it passion is part of it sincerity is part of it um, you know the um, so if I had to give people one piece of advice as to you know what they need to do to be successful obviously check off all the lists of you know come you know be like Come up with a good idea, a timely idea, work hard at it, be passionate, um, you know, commit to it, enroll your family, get everybody on board because they're going to miss you for a while because you're not going to be around for a while. You're going to yeah. be working and make sure that they know that you love them yeah. and you know, they're going to have to sacrifice as well because they're not going to see you as often but at least if you communicate that, they can be behind you instead of getting your way mm -hmm. and you know, but if I, you know, and you know, pray that you're lucky and because that's always going to be part of it, you know, you know, timing is a big deal, luck is a big deal, but also be a sincere and earnest human being, you know, admit your flaws, you know, be open with people, don't, um, you know, don't play games, you know, people want to support you and people want to stand by you if you're honest and sincere and straightforward and you are transparent in all your communications. So be an open human being and people will get behind you because they'll relate to you and they'll want to support you. Forget about these old notions of fake it till you make it and 
this is that 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 may have worked in a time where um, uh, where there was no such thing as the internet and the information age. These days, everything we do is available and accessible, and there's nothing we can hide. So forget about all of that noise that we inherited from these old books. Just be open and honest and put yourself out there and take as many developmental courses as you can so you can figure out what, if anything, is in your psyche that has you scared of success or scared of people or, or scared to play a big important game because you somehow feel unworthy. All of that you can change by taking good, you know, like reading the right books, taking the right courses, finding the right teachers, you know, work all that stuff out, grow as a human being, evolve. Put yourself out there. We need your gifts. The world needs your gifts. You cannot afford to play small. We don't have time. We need you. Yeah, amen to that, brother. Couldn't agree more. You know, I think there's this thing where uh, people are pulled towards others that are following their purpose as well. And I feel like you are following your purpose. That's why you have so much energy behind what you're doing. And... Uh, what, what do you think it takes to discover your purpose? How do you discover your purpose? You know, that's a great question. And, and, and I agree that finding your purpose, it does give you energy like nothing else. I mean, I, the day I realized that, that um, every single thing that's happened to me, both good and bad, every lesson, every setback, every success, mm. have, have gotten me ready to deliver on what I call my purpose, which is ending all reliance on landfills and incineration in our lifetime and turning all our waste, either recycling what's recyclable and the rest turning it into carbon negative, you know, energy, abundant energy that'll give us 10 to 15% of all our energy needs from something we're currently throwing away in the oceans or burying into the ground. Like when I realized that, it really gave me so much energy and it felt like my life felt like all these gears came together. So how does one find their purpose? I can't answer that honestly because I did not uh, go seeking for it. But when it happened, I knew that purpose was a real thing. I had heard that word thrown out before, but I never knew it was a real thing until it happened to me. So if, you know, the, and I've heard people say they can help people find their purpose. That's not my experience. My experience is I like, I did the work on myself. I kept putting myself out there. I was honest. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't succeeding just for my ego with some sort of chip on my shoulder. I'm still a human being. I don't like, I still have an ego and I still like success and I like the trappings of success and I like getting human accolades. I'm not immune to any of that, but that is, that pales in comparison to the joy and energy that I get from knowing that I'm putting the gifts that I have to work in the world in a way that's meaningful mm -hmm. and you know give you know and I feel like I give voice to the voiceless and all these you know non-human creatures that live on this planet because they're the ones that suffer the most from our extravagance as a species so um, so you know my recommendation to anybody who wants to find their purpose is don't go seeking your purpose just grow as a human being and do and you know and really search yourself and find out what is your specific gift like what is the accumulation of your experience and your gifts as a human being that allows you to bring something unique into the world that can be a great asset 
to the rest of us because we don't need another real estate developer out there. We don't need another car dealer out there. We don't need another insurance agent out there. We need people who are bringing something unique. So look for what's unique in yourself and bring that into the world in a meaningful way and the gears will come into place for you just like they did for me. Oh, powerful advice, Brahim. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. Amazing advice, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think I read uh, in a Jim Collins book, he was explaining how to find your purpose. And it was basically between the intersect of uh, finding your strength, what you're good at, right? Uh, What you're passionate about and also a solution that you can bring to the world. If you can sit in that intersection there, that that is what he describes as your purpose. And that's exactly what you've done, I feel, is, you know, you have the insight. You're taking recyclables and... uh, turning it into clean energy, which yes, is can, an amazing can, mission. Yeah, I mean, I can break it down with you really, you know, simply so it's clear to whoever's listening is, you know, the, you know, I, um, I ran into a technology based out of the Netherlands that's a repurposed technology from the oil and gas industry that's been around for a long time. And it turns out that if you repurpose it for the waste to energy business, then it, can create, it creates efficiencies that are make it as efficient as a combustion engine. So when I heard that that's possible, I backed it with everything I have and built an entire fund around it that supports its projects worldwide so we can expedite its adoption. So we can build, we need, a, we need to build about 5,000 of, of these power plants around the world to end our reliance on landfills in the ocean as a waste dump. Mm-hmm. And I'm committed to doing that in my lifetime. It's gonna probably, you know, it's going to take everything I have, and it's going to take a huge team, and it's going to take decades. But I'm, you know, like I, every day we take two steps forward, and every once in a while a huge leap. So, and momentum builds on itself. So we're on, we're on it. Yeah, people will see what you're doing. They want to be a part of it for sure. It'll inspire other people too. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's amazing. You know, it's uh, there's something about someone that goes first. You know, it's uh, you've got that courage to step up and, and deliver, and you are really a leader, really a purpose-driven leader, and people will be inspired by that in itself. Uh, you, you also are an investor too, right? So you've invested in companies like Tesla Motors, um, Zep Solar, Thrive Market, and many other uh, companies. Right. What do you look for in a company when it comes to investments? Um, I look for something that can create um, can create um, real change on a scale that matters. You know, the uh, I you know I wish I had the resources to invest in, in in everything, and I do you know I do like and appreciate every time we replace one conventional product with its organic uh, alternative. Mm-hmm. But I just don't um, you know I can't put uh, resources behind everything so I look for solutions that can uh, that have that are that are able to create systematic change so that inspires me you know when we have when electric cars become viable now it's the now it's the hottest thing to for everybody to drive an electric car you know when we have uh, a an online grocer providing organic and all natural foods and products to middle America instead of just to the rich folks, then now we're making real change because they're providing products at wholesale, which is what Thrive Market does. So the average target mom can now feed her kids, um, you know, natural products instead of highly processed GMO, uh, pesticide-ridden food. 
And, you know, that is, that's the 96% of the market. Mm. And, you know, and of course they go from there, they move, they expand to China. We're talking about more organic farmers that, you know, are, are going to have to, you know, as opposed to conventional farmers that are going to provide them with their ingredients. And it's the domino effect is massive. Um, you know, Zep Solar making installation of household and, and, and uh, commercial solar go down from, let's say, uh, one installation every one or two days to two or three installations per day. So, you know, that drives the cost down dramatically so more people can access solar. It's just things that are systematic really inspire me. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, a lot of people are going green nowadays, aren't they? I know uh, Bill Gates is putting somewhere around $2 billion into green technologies in the yeah. next year or two. So, yeah, it's exciting to see how we, where, what direction we're heading in the future. I think uh, it's, uh, it sounds like it could be pretty promising. So, it's great. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely no longer a niche thing. It's no, it's, I mean, when, when, when Goldman Sachs and the big investment banks start creating impact funds and buying companies that manage, you know, uh, impact investor capital, you know that this is becoming a mainstream. Uh, cultural narrative, which is why I love cultural change the most, because that's what moves capital. That's what makes, um, you know, things like driving a, uh, I don't know, driving a Hummer less sexy than driving a Prius. You know, it's, al it's always a good, it's always a good sign when the guy who's driving the Prius gets laid more than the guy who's driving the Lamborghini, right? <laughs> Oh, what a great statement. That's amazing. <laughs> now, Brahim, uh, you are in yes. the new movie, documentary uh, movie that's coming out called Rise Up with uh, the Dalai Lama, Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, Ariana Huffington, and many more. Uh, so I'm excited to see your piece in it. I, I saw a little bit of your piece in the trailer as well. And if uh, you're listening right now, make sure you head over to riseupthemovie.com to check out the trailer. Brahim is in there among uh, many other influential world leaders and uh, impactors in, uh, there. Now, what do the words rise up mean to you? Uh, for me, it just means like upgrade, upgrade our evolution as a species, you know, move to the next level, take the next, next step forward. You know, we like as a species, we, you know, we don't have any more systematic or institutional slavery, you know, obviously sexual slavery still exists, uh, you know, their human trafficking still exists, so slavery is still a problem, but it's not sanctioned and legal, and definitely, uh, you know, the, the African-American population or the African population of the world, whether in Brazil or North America and Europe, are no longer enslaved and bought and sold as, you know, just like goods happen to be. So that, that was, you know, uh, a... A cultural step forward, um, women voting. A cultural step forward, civil rights. A cultural step forward. These are all ways that we rise up, and it also means to me that we need to rise up and meet what's needed for our time. It's, you know, I I love one of my favorite. Sorry about that. One of my favorite answers to every question that the new prime minister of Canada says. You know, why do you? Why did you? You know, make your cabinet so diverse. The answer, because it's 2015. <laughs> That's going to be my answer to everything. Why are you interested in, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah? Because it's 2016. 
We can't act like it's 1992 or 1982 or 1932. It's ni- it's 2016. Let's go. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's such a great point. Yeah, oh, beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff, Brahim. Thank you. Now, Brahim, uh, what mentors have you had uh, coming up and what have you learned from the mentors? Gosh, I mean, I am just, I'm a connoisseur of like, of people in observation. I mean, I like, I love people and I love people who think differently and act differently. And I love people who are, you know, who are like, whose egos have somehow, I don't know, they're like, you don't feel them. You're just like, there's this sincere flowing human being. And I look at these people with, with wonderment, honestly, and so much courage. I mean, my, my biggest mentors are that I can think of are three women, you know, Ava Haller, Leka Singh, and Jody Evans. I mean, these are the most creative, courageous, powerful people on this planet. And they have transformed me more than anyone else because I look at their courage and I look at what they've done and I look at how much heart they, you know, um, they do it with that it, it just, transformed who I am on a, on a, on a, on a, whatever, on a psychological level, on a soul level. Uh, and of, you know, a lot of your readers might have not heard of any of them. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because they're just some of those many unsung heroes in the world, even though they have a lot of recognition, but nowhere near the people that we consider on a, on a mass scale to be quote unquote heroes. And the reason is, is because there's two kinds of people in the world related to change making. There's the people who want to make change, and then there's the people who want to be known as people who want to make change. And those are two distinctly different people. Mm. How would you differentiate the two? Oh, well, it's a completely different um, plan of execution. You know, one of them has nothing to do with, you know, hiring a PR firm and, uh, and you know, maximizing, you know, publicity and, and gaining, you know, economic uh, success from your actions. It actually has to do with just what is the fastest route to either helping these children or helping this country or documenting this atrocity or changing, you know, upgrading our, our food systems or whatever it may be. It has nothing to do with, you know, hey, listen, I'm going to go do this thing. I need to f- hire a film crew to follow me around to make sure this is, you know, documented and then release it online with you know with a nice soundtrack and uh you know uh whatever anyway we've all seen that carry on yes yeah 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 uh what mistakes did you make coming up as an entrepreneur because we all make mistakes right we're not none of us are perfect <laughs> oh yeah uh gosh i mean i've made so many mistakes i've uh, i have a very expensive education i've lost a lot of money <laughs> um, i um Gosh, my, you know, my biggest mistakes all come from arrogance. Arrogance is blinding. You know, I, I, you know, I've made, I, you know, I've given myself too much credit. I've drank my own Kool-Aid. I've, you know, got drunk on my own success and was followed by, you know, crashes and burns. I, you know, I mean, I have my... I mean, I can give you many examples, but arrogance is blinding. If anybody wants to, like, you know, be successful and stay successful, please, like, tr- you know, 
continue to be a student of life and a humble student of life. There's no graduating into success. There's no destination to get to. We will never arrive. Yes. So stay, stay hungry to learn, stay humble, and stay human and stay in your heart. Once we get in our head and we start um, celebrating our, uh, you know, ourselves as someone who has somehow arrived, just the illusion that there is a place to arrive to is blinding, is a, is a state of mind that will blind us to what's around the corner. And that's why I named uh, my site and also the podcast Addicted to Success because it's like you're always a student of life. You're continuing to just achieve and move forward to advance. So I love that you mentioned that because that makes a lot of sense to my listeners, I'm sure. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thanks, thanks for having that awareness and spreading the word. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Now, what books have you read that you feel has really uh, changed the game for you? You know, Malcolm Gladwell, I love. Um, you know, whether it's, whether it's Blink or uh, the rest of them that I can't think of right now, just understanding how our mind works as human beings is fascinating to me because it just, his books, oh, Outliers, amazing, right? Like this, you know, talk about everything, you know, wrapping, taking the conversation back 360 or, or yeah, where we started, it's, you know, it, this is a book that says, hey, you know, there is no formula to success. This is, here's examples of people who are known for success and here's, here's the real story behind their success. Uh, and, it's, and this is not meaning like the real story, meaning that somehow they got there by doing something bad. It's just that the, the vast amounts of coincidences and, you know, and, and forks in the road that they decided to turn left or right on had, were not strategic. You know, they were just incidental and you know coincidental and uh you know luck and how that plays a role in everything we do mm -hmm. excellent so we'll make sure we list this uh in the article that we put up on addicted to success we'll have the uh, list of books there and also a video on what you guys are doing over at full cycle energy as well i think that'd be awesome to to have that up so that the listeners can get an understanding of what impact you're making on this planet so we'll add thanks that in there. Yeah. yeah no problem yes it's a good video. I like that video. <laughs> it, it actually is really good. It explains it really well. Uh, Thanks. And, and I love the graphics and everything. So yeah, everybody definitely check it out. Um, I, I didn't understand the whole uh, energy crisis that we have in place at the moment uh, and, and also with uh, waste on this planet. But after watching that, I, have a, I actually feel like I have a, a bit more of a uh, connection with what's going on and I want to make a difference as well. So yeah, you did a great job with that video. Well, I'd like to give my friends Michael, Sean, and Alex a shout out from StoryWorks. You know, if they they make amazing videos and they relay the important work that's being done in the world in a way that everybody can digest it easily, and they're the ones who made it. So, thank you for them and for dedicating their talents and abilities towards highlighting the good work that is being put out there in a way that you know makes it grow and magnify. Yeah, they're actually producing and directing Rise Up as well. So. Yeah, there you go. there's definitely good things in store for that, so I can say. <laughs> mm -hmm. Alrighty, so Abraham, uh, is there anything coming up on the horizon for you that we need to know about, or we should know about? You know what, I'm uh, I'm going to keep my head down and focus on what I got on my plate right now. The the one thing I am looking forward to maybe is a is a short vacation to go see you know the whales 
in Hawaii and just, you know, but I can't even call it recharging the batteries because the batteries are, you know, once you're on purpose, the batteries somehow don't lose charge. Mm. So it's really more about, you know, sharing a little bit of time with the ocean and, and with the creatures in it and remembering why we're doing all this work in the first place. Yeah, that's great. That, that'll set for a great reminder for you. Is there anywhere else in the world that you've been where it just blew your mind? Hmm. Um, so the prettiest place I've ever seen in my life is Uganda. Uganda. I know. I had no idea. My friends own a lodge there. And it's next to a, uh, it's next to uh, the gorillas and the chimps. There's sanctuaries there. So you get to see the gorillas and the chimps in their natural habitat. And, but it's not even that it's just sitting in their lodge and looking over this green landscape of these craters that have been, you know, millions of years old that have all been filled in with rainwater. So it's basically just lakes upon lakes amongst these green mountains and hills as far as the eye can see. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever laid eyes on, you know, the, uh, it's it's called an Ndali, N-D-A-L-I, Ndali Lodge in Uganda. So, I mean, I had no idea. I just went because my friends own it, and I love them, and they invited me to go there for Thanksgiving. I had no idea that I would be witnessing the most beautiful place I've ever laid eyes on. And I've been everywhere. I've been to Bali. I've been to Peru. I've been, I mean, I've been so many different places. So the this was the most beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And it's crazy how... Sometimes it, the most amazing things come about when you don't expect it. They, they have to. They have to surprise you. That's like when you can appreciate it most. Did you get a chance to hang out with the gorillas? You know, I didn't. Uh, I didn't make it to the gorillas, but I did hang out with the chimps. And they, uh, you know, they're a feisty bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, you know, they're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're... Very energetic, very playful beings. I, you know, it's their... Doesn't it freak you out when you look at them and you just look at the way they act and they walk, like as if they understand you and you can see how they're so close to being human. It's Absolutely. Freaky. They're completely social animals. They're not, you know, this, any, anybody who still thinks that animals are not social beings with languages and, uh, and cultures and, you know, habits is you know needs to read a book written after you know 2000 because the uh, like there is you know cats have a language it's proven dogs have a language you know the the chimps are completely social and have a complete social system and hierarchy and and life and and families and everything and it's so easy to witness because they're they're you know each of them has a personality and they're anyway yeah yeah no and this is why we have to look after our planet yeah 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 beautiful stuff brahim thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast i'm going to wrap this podcast up here with the final question and the question is if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world what would that last 30 seconds sound like Mm. it would sound like you know thank you for rising up and delivering your unique gift to the world it's because of all of you that have shown up that we actually have the world that we have right now and it would be a celebration of the world post all of us working together and acting as one species towards one goal beautiful brahim thank you so much thank you for being on this podcast with me and uh, sharing your advice today with the audience
My pleasure. Thank Appreciate you, Joel. Thanks for doing what you do, my friend.